Grace, mercy, and peace are yours. From God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. Over the course of the last few weeks, we've been exploring this sermon theme called Fearless, imagining a way to live our lives without fear. And what we've done is dug into some of the promises in God's word that allow us to live a fearless life based on those promises of God. I couldn't think of a better way to finish up the series today than talking about our future, especially with Gabriel, with Carolyn, with Miles this morning, with the graduates are here. Future is in front of you and, and, and what does it hold? Well, God promises we don't have to be afraid of that future. So let me ask you a question this morning, not just for you three, although you can answer it too, not out loud. Graduates as well, but everyone here, what if someone would ask you right now, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Just think about that. Maybe you've been asked that question before. I know that's kind of a common thing to ask people who are graduating, right? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? After the first service, I had several people come up to me and say, does it count being in heaven? I said, yes, that's fine. If you see yourself in heaven in 10 years, that's perfectly fine. But my question for you is this, what if, what if I asked you, I passed out a little piece of paper to you this morning and said, you need to write down three things that you would like to be true in 10 years, okay? Think about that just for a moment. What if then we could all gather back right in this place 10 years from today and see how close to the truth those three things that we wrote down actually were. What do you think? Maybe one out of three you might be right on. Maybe if you're really blessed, God agrees with your plan for your future and you'd have two out of three. I don't know. Would any of you have three out of three? Maybe. Here's the thing. Our future is iffy, isn't it? I don't know what's going to happen for the rest of today, much less tomorrow, much less 10 years from now. I think many of us would be surprised by the direction that God would take us if we looked back to what we thought was going to happen 10 years ago. But here's the thing. God knows. God knows with 100% accuracy what is planned, what he has planned for your future. And not only that, the most important part of God's plan for your future, you know too. You know because God promises you in his word that he has a place for you with him forever in heaven. As you're confirmed today, Gabriel, Carolyn, Miles, isn't that an awesome thing to think about? And no matter what happens tomorrow or for the rest of your lives, you know that Jesus has rescued you and you're going to spend eternity with him forever in heaven. That's the joy that we know of our future. And when we know that, what's to be afraid of? And so we listen today to the Apostle Paul's words from 2 Corinthians and recognize that we can live fearless of what the future holds. And Paul gives us two reasons in that text that we can be fearless of the future. One, God gives us strength through daily renewal. And then secondly, we get to see the unseen through the promises of God. We're going to kind of dig in a little bit to these words from the Apostle Paul. And so let's take a look again at verse 16 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Paul writes, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. I don't know how often we talked in confirmation class about that little word, therefore. But therefore does two things. It points back to something the Apostle Paul had just written so that he can draw a conclusion from what he said. And what the Apostle Paul had just gotten done 
recounting for the Corinthians who he's writing to is all of the suffering that he had to face as someone who preached the gospel. But Paul could say twice, once at the start of chapter 4 and then again in chapter 16 or verse 16, we don't lose heart. And he connects it to the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. That's how Paul knew what his future was. He knew that because Jesus left his tomb empty, so would each one of us. I know it's not the most joyful thing to think about on your confirmation day or for our graduates here on your graduation day that there might be some troubles that you might live through in this life. Did you see how Paul says it? He says that outwardly we are wasting away. I know you guys are young and healthy and this stuff doesn't happen to you yet, but just ask your parents and grandparents. Ask anybody else who's here. The body that we live, this outer self, it tends to feel the effects of sin and problems in this world pretty quickly. Things like hearing aids and eyeglasses and ibuprofen become more common. And then it can even be things in our future like hospitals and chemotherapy and assisted living. All of that might be part of our future. And I suppose if we really thought about it, we could get kind of depressed about what the future might hold. That's why it's so important to hear the Apostle Paul's words. We don't lose heart. You see, the effects of sin don't have to drag us down because inwardly, Paul says, we can be renewed day by day. I know we talked a lot about that in confirmation class, how important it is that you have great examples at home who bring you to church on Sunday morning who know how important it is for you to hear the word of God. Because that's what Paul's talking about. He's talking about inner renewal of our faith. And faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. It's God's word that keeps you connected to your Savior, not just today on Confirmation Day, but for the rest of your lives too. I like to think of it this way. It's God's word that is our renewal. It's God who gives us strength through that word to live every day of this life. I don't know if you are aware of the science behind drafting. And I'm not going to talk a lot about the physics of racing a car or maybe a bicycle or swimming or even running. But if any of you have ever done that, you know that you can get a little boost if you line yourself up just so behind the person or the car in front of you. Right? Because what happens is that lead car, the lead runner, the lead swimmer, they take the brunt of the resistance from the air, and it creates a little bit of a vacuum for you to be able to maintain speed without using much energy, or in the case of automobiles, much gasoline as much gas. And so it's this kind of neat picture that you get to just sort of go along smoothly because someone else is taking the pressure for you. Does that remind you of someone? Isn't that exactly what Jesus did? Didn't Jesus face down sin and death and the devil in your place? Didn't he meet all of that resistance and defeat it on the cross and then on Easter Sunday when he rose from the dead? And we fall into the trap sometimes and, and, and I know that you guys know this too. We fall into that trap sometimes thinking we have to do everything ourselves. That sinful pride gets the better of us and we think, well, I can, I can make all the things, the decisions that I need. I, I can plan out my life. I can make sure everything goes just the way I want it. And then when it doesn't happen, we get frustrated. Maybe worry, do some complaining, 
And it's great to go back to our Heavenly Father and say, but you already gave us Jesus. That's the strength we have to be renewed day by day. And I think about Mother's Day today and I think about your moms in particular and, and the joy that you have in knowing that, that they care about you, they're here to support you today. And that God sometimes masks his love in the people that he gives us in this world. I don't know how much drafting you would think about that you've done behind your moms, but they certainly are there to support you, aren't they? And that's a picture of the love that your Savior Jesus has for you too. Listen to how Paul goes on. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Those are some interesting words, aren't they? Paul says, our troubles, and then he describes them with adjectives we might not normally connect with troubles. He says, they're light and momentary. Wait a minute, some of you are saying, how is this thing that I've seemed to be dealing with for such a long time, how can that be considered light and momentary? How can the things that we face in this life, can Paul say, yeah, they're no big deal? It's not so much that Paul wants to make light of the troubles that we face in this life as much as he wants it to direct us by making a comparison to the joy that we still have coming. What Paul is saying is, in comparison to the shortness of this life, the joy that we have in heaven leaves no comparison whatsoever. Paul says, our troubles right now are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. I suppose if you've ever run a race, you know that running that race can, can lead you to be sore in your legs or trouble catching your breath. But the joy of crossing that finish line is truly amazing. That's what Jesus is saying to you today. That as you run the race of your life in this world, you, you might feel some of that pain. But the glory of crossing the finish line, of having your eternal life with Jesus, that will be worth whatever you go through in this life. It far outweighs them all. Maybe you know that expression, comparing apples and oranges. It's talking about two things that simply can't be compared to each other. That's what Paul's saying. Light and momentary troubles, this far outweighs them, the eternal glory that we have, the heaven that Jesus has waiting for you. It leads Paul to conclude this in verse 18. Paul writes in chapter 4, verse 18, not sure what happened there, thanks Steve. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Again, kind of amazing words. It's Paul playing off words a little bit, a little word puzzle for you. Not quite like the Rebus puzzles that we did in confirmation class during break time. But it's a little play on words, isn't it? Fix your eyes on what's unseen how do you do that? How do you fix your eyes on something you can't see? How do we look at something that isn't visible? Well, you know what Paul means. If you have paid attention to some of the way people talk recently, there's a, a phrase that I hear over and over again now. It's called life hacks. Have you heard that word? People try to teach you how to do things more successfully or more quickly in life. They call them life hacks. Maybe this is the ultimate life hack from the Apostle Paul. Do you want to know, he might say to you, how to face your future without fear? Then fix your eyes on the unseen. Then fix your eyes on Jesus. And I know it sounds strange to say, look at something unseen, but it's what Jesus provides for us in his word. And Paul tells us why. 
Because everything that you can see, everything in this life, it's temporary. Think about that for just a minute. That means the hurts, the pain, the sorrow that you go through, they're temporary. I'm going to take that one step further. The good things that you experience in this life, all the joys, all the happiness that you experience in this life too, that's temporary as well. And it's nothing compared to the joy that we're going to have, the unimaginable joy of being with our Savior forever in heaven. That's the eternal that God wants you to fix your eyes on because it's the one thing that lasts. So as you three sit here today just a few minutes away from making a confession of your faith, I can't tell you what your future is going to hold. It's unknown. It's unknown to you. It's unknown to me. It's unknown to the people who love you. But here's what's known. Your Savior loves you. Your Savior wants you to live with him forever in heaven. And your Savior knows everything that you're going to go through in this life and wants you to be known to him forever in the joy of heaven. That's what you're about to confess. That's why you faithfully came to confirmation class for all of those Wednesdays. And it's my prayer for you and the prayer of this congregation, I'm certain of your families too, that God keeps you in that faith all the way to an eternal life with him. Look at how the Apostle Paul said the same thing in some different words in Colossians chapter 3. He said this, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. A couple things to take away from our sermon today. Number one, we know heaven will be so much greater than any suffering we face on earth. Paul said almost the same thing in Romans chapter 8 when he said this, I consider our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. Number two, we are renewed daily through the word of God. To Timothy, the apostle Paul wrote this, Continue in what you have learned and become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it. And how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And finally, number three, we keep our focus on heaven because we will live with our Savior forever. We do not have, the writer to the Hebrews said, a city that is permanent here in this life, but we are looking forward to the city that will last forever. So, what's going to happen? Where are you going to be in the next 10 years? I know you can't answer that. It's like nobody else can answer that question today. But maybe like some, you're going to try and leave your mark on the world and maybe create a new record in the Guinness Book of World Records. This one happened in 1986 in Cleveland, Ohio. They wanted to set the record for the most balloons released into the air at the exact same time. I would make you guess, but that's a lot of balloons. Almost one and a half million balloons they filled with helium and then released them in September of 1986. The only thing is, it didn't go quite like they planned. This was all a big event for charity. The people of Cleveland were super excited. And then the day came and they released them into the air and they released them into a storm. A rainstorm with low pressure. And instead of the balloons going up into the air, the rain and the cold front pushed them back to the ground. The airport actually had to close for like a half an hour. People were getting into accidents on the street because balloons were raining down and they couldn't see where they were driving. It was a mess. And I thought about that when I thought about our own lives. And many times we're kind of like those balloons. 
we don't really want to leave this earth. We feel kind of tethered to the life here and, and we want to make sure that everything's great in this life. Paul wants us to redirect our focus, to remember what the sacrifice of Jesus and what his empty tomb means, that we have a life with him forever. You see, what God wants for you is an untethered life here. You can enjoy whatever God gives you, the blessings he gives you in this life, but keep sight don't lose sight of the joy that you have with him forever in heaven. The joy that Jesus has won for you. See, nobody knows your future except God. And God knows that he has a place for you with him forever in heaven. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.